There's nothing here, and there is nothing to here. What I seek is a world. One that requires no spirit. It would be a perfect world. Yes, this place of nothingness is what I sought. Welcome to Tuning Japanese, a podcast where two godlike Pokemon, legendary Pokemon in their 30s, <laughs> talk about anime. What? Seamless. <laughs> he's the master of space and dimensions. He's blue. He's Ray. Hi, I'm back. Hey, welcome back. It's been a little while. Yeah, it has. Hey, we're, we're here for more Pokemon. And I'm the master of time. I'm Red. I'm Andy. Does that make you a Time Lord? I really hope so, because I would love to be the... Was it? What are they up to now? They're at 12? I'd be, I'd be the... Th- 500? Uh, something like that. I'd be the 500th Doctor. That sounds about right. Pokemon Generations time, guys. Uh, we are doing a... Uh, taking a little bit of a break once again from Trigun to bring you another episode of Pokemon Generations. And this week we've got two new Pokemon Generations episodes to talk about. We're getting near the end here. Uh, we are back to Pokemon Diamond and Pearl for these two, well, technically Platinum, um, these two storylines kind of come from. Yeah, if you want to include that one in there. Yeah, I mean, really, honestly, these both do come from Platinum. Like, these these are bonus stuff that you don't find in Diamond and Pearl. But uh, we're talking about episode number 11 of Pokemon Generations, The New World, and episode 12, The Magma Stone. And once again, if you do not remember or it's your first time listening to the podcast or one of our Pokemon Generations episodes... These are episodes, uh, short little four to five minute kind of mini episodes that the Pokemon Company put out for kind of to celebrate the big anniversary for Pokemon at the end of last year. And each episode kind of ranges from a, a kind of an important moment from one of the Pokemon games. Um, it seems like they're pulling more content from Diamond and Pearl for uh, these two episodes. I mean, including Platinum, as you said. And then um, episode 10 was strictly from... Diamond and Pearl, so... Which I'm cool with. I really do enjoy those particular games, although, as I is kind of apparent when we were re-watching this, I don't remember much of those games, but I think maybe that's only in part because I didn't play Platinum, and apparently these storylines are directly connected with Platinum, and you don't get these storylines in the other two games, so... But we'll get there. But first, let's talk about some nerd news, and I do believe that you have some Pokemon-related nerd news. I do. I've got another code. Yes! It just got released June 23rd, which was yesterday, mm-hmm. for us recording on the 24th. Yep. Um, that code is for Pokemon game Sun and Moon. Yep. It is Matsubusa. Can you spell that for our fans? Of course. It's M A T S U. B-U-S-A. Matsubusa, uh, which you did a little bit of research. Ma- what is Matsubusa? Because I looked at that and I said, what the heck is that? Does that have a car? Like, what is what is going on here? I know. At first I was like, I I didn't know what it was. And I follow Serebii on Twitter and I, they had posted stuff 
of issues with Pokemon Sun not accepting the code. Oh, really? Um, but now it's been fixed since fixed though. And Good. I was like, oh, they released new codes. I went in there and I, I, I just typed it in Google and it's actually, uh, the Japanese name of, uh, Team Magma's leader, Maxi, which oh. is the Americanized version. Which we talked about in, was that two episodes ago? That was episode that was, eight. Yeah, that I was, believe. that was, it was seven or eight. One of those two, I think, that had, uh, one of, that was the Team Magma one, right? You said, you just said. Oh, yeah, so that probably was So it would have been seven. Ep- episode seven, yeah, when they, yeah, I do remember that now, when they were, Dealing with uh, whatever that legendary Pokemon, I can't remember his name now. <laughs> Groudon. Groudon, that's right, that's right. The Matsubusa code, it will give you Mega Evolution Stones, it'll give you Septolite, Blazikanite, Swampertite, it also gives you Camaruptite and Banatite. I know that the the first three Mega Evolution Stones are for the Pokemon originally in Pokemon Ruby sapphire omega ruby alpha sapphire so that's the three starters yep and that Um, makes sense it goes along with uh with the code there and i i think i read somewhere that they're basically releasing these after all the the competitions are done the people who participated get these early and then people just globally um, they get released after the fact okay. for the rest of us. So people who compete in competitions obviously can have uh, something before everyone. Oh, yeah, it's it's kind of a nice little uh, little incentive I think for people, especially those that don't you know win the really big prizes, the really big money. They at least still get something out of competing. So that's really cool. So definitely go put those in. I'm going to put those in probably once we're done recording this, so I can get those evolution stones. The, I didn't see an end date when I looked that code up either. So. It should be going forward just like the other some of the other codes. So. Absolutely. And if you don't know those other codes, I mean, you could Google it. But you could also go back to our old episodes where we talk about those. I do believe we talked about that in episode 6, another set of codes for some other Pokemon. It's, so, yeah. It's probably faster just to Google it if you don't want to sift through our or listen to the podcast just to get the code. <laughs> I think you should listen to the podcast just to get the code. Don't listen to him. Uh, I have an, another tiny bit of Pokemon video game news that I do want to bring up, and it's very minor. Uh, we talked about, I think, in one of either the last episode or the one before when we were talking about E3, I think it might have been the last one, about how one of the announcements from Nintendo was that Pokemon is coming to the Nintendo Switch. Well... There was a uh, an interview done with the president of Nintendo of America, Reggie Fizeme, and they asked him, you know, to kind of expand a little bit on that. And he said that it will be for sure a RPG experience. So we're not looking at you know just like a side game like Pokemon Rancher or Pokemon Snap. This is going to be a major RPG coming to the Switch, uh, and we'll probably have a little while to wait on that still. But I'm definitely looking forward to that. I am too, actually. Um, I haven't really got on the Nintendo Switch bandwagon, really. I mean, you, we both own the console, but uh, mm-hmm. you've been playing it mostly. I would actually probably play that once it comes out on the Switch. Yeah, that would be totally, totally awesome. Also, by the way, if you hear some popping in the background, uh, it is... You know what time of year it is. It's getting close enough to the 4th of July that everyone in the neighborhood on a Saturday night is uh, shooting up fireworks while we do the coolest thing possible on a, on a Saturday night, which is record a podcast about Pokemon. Uh, they're, so they're, they're just celebrating us recording. That is. that That's actually for us, I think. Uh, I have a little bit of nerd news as well. The, do you? I do. What is it? We had a brand new release, finally, of Sailor Moon S. 
Oh yeah, uh, yes, the DVD part two finally is out. It just released this week, and it encompasses episodes 109 to 127 of the series, and gives us the second half of Sailor Moon S, which is my absolute favorite season of Sailor Moon. Uh, so I think we already watched two or three episodes. Yeah, we watched like already? I think maybe even four, three or four, maybe three. It's the exact same thing that you would expect. From some of the other DVDs, if you pick those up, you get not only the subtitled anime with the Japanese, but you get the new Viz dub. And again, those voice actors and actresses are fantastic. Yes, on they're that. amazing. This is also the you'll you'll get our, your introduction to Sailor Saturn and our reintroduction to Sailor Pluto uh, in the second half of Sailor Moon S. So definitely check that out. Uh, it is definitely worth a watch. Uh, and I think you have one final thing you wanted to mention. While we were vacationing in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. Yes, we just got back from that. Um, we just got back uh, driving 16 hours yesterday. 17 and a half, 17, but you know. Yeah. And uh, one of the gifts that I received is the first three movies for Pokemon. So that's going to be in our bank there to uh, review. Yep, we've got Pokemon the first movie, Pokemon the movie 2000, 2000, because it's dating itself and everything back then was titled 2000. There's Pokemon 3, the movie. movie. Naming conventions, I'm telling you, it's just, it's just all fucked up. So, anywho, we have some episodes to talk about here, and, uh, spoilers! These are not as good as the last, like, four. Not at all. I mean, I, as I said in a previous episode or two, um, I got back into playing Pokemon with playing Pokemon Pearl. Yep. So I, I was kind of excited to know that they did pull a little bit more content for them, but I don't feel like they did as good of a job as they did with, say, Ruby Sapphire, Omega Ruby Alpha Sapphire. Um, we had that awesome, Episode 9, The Scoop, where we had Rayquaza fighting Deoxys. And I just feel like these next two episodes don't really f- match up to what they put out. I agree. And I don't know what the thought was here to choose specifically these scenes that mostly revolve around plots with regards to Pokemon Platinum. Maybe it was because most people didn't pick up the third game. Or maybe it was super popular. I know for me... I don't always, I, I very rarely actually pick up the third game in a series like that with, uh, Pokemon, uh, Emerald with, with regards to as a third game from, uh, Ruby and Sapphire. Didn't play that one. Um, you know, it's this thing that Pokemon, uh, the Pokemon company does that, that Game Freak does to try to get a little extra money. Basically throw the same game at you with a little extra content at the end. Are you saying the ultimate sun and moon is what they're trying to do with that? I, I think <laughs> probably, yeah. but I think with the ultimate sun and moon, if they do it right and they make it a completely different story, it'll make it at least feel, you know, original. And I hope that they do that. I hope that they change things up. They give us an alternate take or, or a later take on the game. So, you know, what's really weird. Um, they didn't really do that with X and Y. They didn't. A lot of people were wondering when we were going to get Pokemon Z. And we never did. No. I'm not complaining because I, I really liked 
Alpha Sapphire when I played it. Mm-hmm. Um, and those those two kind of went cohesive anyways with the Mega Evolutions. Yeah. You you can you could still trade Pokemon back and forth between those two games. All, well, all four of those games um, without having any issues. But now if you try to use Pokemon Bank and you move anything from prior to that, that generation, you won't be able to move it back. So if yeah. you send all your Pokemon to Sun and Moon and then you try to move back, sorry, it won't go. Exactly. And, you know, when with, with regards to Pokemon Z, that never became a thing. You know, you had Zygarde right there. You had the, th- the three... Pokemon with the X name, the Y name, and the Z name, and and I don't know if maybe they just didn't know what to do to make it special, and obviously if you've played Sun and Moon, you know that Zygarde does play a really important role, at least as like a side mission where you have to pick up the, what are they, the, the cubes or the cells or uh, what are they called? Yeah. Zygarde cores yeah, and cells. The cells or cores cells or whatever they cores. are, uh-huh. uh, and to kind of create the different versions of Zygarde. So. Maybe that's what they were going for in this version, was kind of saying, oh, okay, maybe we'll give the fans what we what they well, wanted maybe, yeah, with the, Zy- yeah. the Pokemon Z. And, we'll just toss it in, yeah. a, in a Sun and Moon. Maybe it was an idea that they were like, well, that's just going to be too much work to do. We might as well just put that into a whole new game. Uh, let's get into the review, shall we? Sure. Uh, let's start with episode 11, The New World. What a brave new world Bra- it is. Yeah, it's something. Uh, we open up on a high mountain <laughs> sort of area. Apparently this is Spear Pillar. Rocky which, Mountain? Hi. Something. We were in the mountains a lot yesterday. Yeah. No, this is the Spear Pillar, which actually I do kind of remember. This is where... You deal with Palkia and with uh, Dialga. More on them in just a little bit. Um, you know, I don't think I ever finished this portion of the game. I think I literally just beat the Elite Four and I was done. Yeah, I can't remember if this come before or after or if this was really was something specifically for the third game in the in the series oh, and but maybe it wasn't yeah, ma- yeah, yeah. Ma- maybe maybe I'll it was go back. yeah I, I can't remember 100% but I think I feel like I do remember the spear pillar uh which is basically just a flat surface with a bunch of old pillars it looks like a ruins of sorts it's very weird that they call it the spear pillar when there's like multiple pillars i don't know if there's a specific thing here with the with an artifact maybe that's a spear i don't know uh but yeah the spear pillar the, <laughs> the spear spearmint pillar. pillars it's yeah th- yes it's, it's chewing gum yes. is it's where chewing gum is made uh we're introduced <laughs> to team galactic this is our second one in this series of games, but it's our first time of seeing actually seeing Team Galactic here. And we get some of the other members standing by, one with a glam meow, one with a, uh, a stunky. Uh, and these are the two admins of Mars and Jupiter. So, Not the Sailor Scouts. Sailor but... Mars! Sailor Jupiter! <laughs> Secret powers also. Anyway, uh, so... I was singing the original theme song. Oh, see, you lost me. I lost you on the original dub, where Artemis was very, very Canadian. Not my favorite. Uh, So not Sailor Moon. Uh, Yeah, these in in these games, obviously with a name like Team Galactic. Uh, each of the different members is named after a planet, or in some cases, not a planet, like a moon. Suddenly, something something related to astronomy. Yeah, we get the summoning of Palkia and Dialga by the leader Cyrus, who is standing there and kind of gives a big speech about, you know, uh, come forth and bring me a brave new world and blah, blah, blah. What is it with these, like, teams and these team leaders, these last few, where it's just like, I want to destroy the world and start a new world? You know, I was going to mention something about that, too, and it's just like a, it always seems to be an underlying theme mm-hmm. in, for these 
these uh, teams to want to do. But I'll get into my point maybe a little bit later once we reveal what actually happens. It definitely... Pokemon took a turn after the first couple series of games where... Like how do we how do we kick it up a notch? Yeah, we need to build like even stronger and crazier Pokemon. Like Mew and Mewtwo are, are like you know we're like genetic creations, but then like we have these crazy Pokemon that you know can change and master time and shit. It's just like one step after the other. Things just get crazier and crazier. Well, I mean, part of it is also. I mean, where do you go with legendary Pokemon? So they're actually pulling those from the forces around us, physics, okay. you know, space. Yeah. And, I mean, it just makes sense of, of if there's Pokemon that, that can control elements, you know, water, electric, all the... There's got to be other Pokemon out there who can control the higher powers, like gravity and all that type of stuff. Yeah, no, that that makes sense. Uh, it just makes me want a an HP Lovecraft Pokemon crossover. Like Cthulhu yeah. as a Pokemon? Like, I mean, like, you think about it. Like, there's these Pokemon th- that are treated almost like elder gods. And, like, you know, people try to, you know, like we saw in episode 7 and 8, you know, they try to tame Groudon and they t- try to tame uh, Kyogre. But, like, humans are, are tampering with things well beyond their control. Here Cyrus is trying to control these things and it doesn't work. I just I just want to see an HP Lovecraft Pokemon. It'd be pretty interesting, but um, I don't know. There's a lot of licensing and stuff that goes on with that. Hey, for sure, so. HP Lovecraft is public domain now. Uh, so, <laughs> so, so what, well, I, what I'm maybe calling that's what the Game Freak thing is. There maybe you go. it's a portal to Cthulhu. Though. I would love that. Uh, so here's here's my uh, you should draw that fans uh, moment. Although we've not gotten any drawings before, but uh, <laughs> I, I would love to see your best. Kind of interpretation of a Cthulhu meets Pokemon sort of thing. Ready, set, go. Uh, but back to the episode. They bring forth Dialga and Palkia. Dialga, the master of time, he says. And Palkia, the master of space and dimensions. What do you make of these legendary Pokemon, either in general or their use here? With Dialga and Palkia, I, I like the whole shimmer effect that they do with pulling them out of wherever they're at. It's almost like wormholes. Yeah, yeah, it is like a wormhole. Which kind of reminds me of like the Ultra Beast sort of thing from Sun and oh, Moon. I didn't think about that, actually. Yeah, it's kind of like a weird like kind mm-hmm. of similarity there. Oh, interesting. There's some weird chain stuff that is actually used to summon the the wormhole, and then it wraps. Around it's also them. wrapped around them to kind of um, control them. Control I think. Them. Yeah. I'm guessing that's probably an item or something in one of the games. Yeah, I mean, because usually that's what they do. Well, but. I mean, it's it's your typical plot. Like team Team Galactic here is trying to specifically use them to do their bidding and to destroy the world and create a new world. Except this time, unlike what we saw in episode seven and eight with Magma and Aqua. They actually at least somewhat look like they're kind of succeeding. Like they've actually got them under control. It's not just like Kyogre, <laughs> do my bidding. And then Kyogre's like, "Fuck you, I'm yeah. gonna eat you." <laughs> Fucking Ahab. I have to say, the team leader for Galactic Cyrus, he's just really kind of like deadpan. Yeah, boring. Deadpan, and he's got those. He has just the furrowed brow. Straight laced eyebrows, and it, and he's it's gray. Everything's gray. Like he's he's got gray hair. Like he's just boring. Although the admins, Jupiter and Mars, like the outfits. 
Oh my god. What is, that, mean, what is up with, like, I, I the get, boobs on those outfits? I, I get the whole gray and black stuff, you know, because modern space. space, you know, they're trying to go with that motif, I guess, or th- theme. But those suits are not Not flattering in no. the least. No. I mean, I, it's like they tried to go for a space suit, but then we're like, well, we need to make sure that their boobs are showing. They're just, yeah, as you said, not flattering at all and really accentuating boobs. <laughs> speaking, speaking of... Not even like large anime right. type boobs, just kind of regular boobs. Yeah, boring. Uh, no, just kidding, just kidding. So we get a shot back at HQ and Saturn is there, another one of the admins. Um, Who I thought was a woman at first. Really? I, was like, oh. I don't see it. Well, I mean, I was like, that's totally a girl. And then when he started talking, I'm like, that's a guy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, that goes back to the whole gender fluidity. Right. That happens with the Japanese yeah. culture. Uh, I was ch- just looking at my notes. I apparently, and I forgot to mention this when we were talking about Palkia and Dialga. I do not, and I never have liked the design. I hate the design of Palkia. And here, Palkia is drawn weird. Like, Dialga, okay, Dialga looks okay, but Palkia looks like really stubby arms and like really chubby and just like the dimensions are kind of weird. Well, think about what the named, they're named after certain items. Diamond, so Dialga is very sharp, contrasted, and then Palkia is rounded, shaped like a pearl. Okay, I'm going to make a really embarrassing admission right now on the air, on the mic. I didn't realize that Dialga was diamond and Palkia was pearl, like that the words were very similar. I just now got that. What? Yeah, I just now got that. Yeah. So that's Dialga, diamond, okay. (laughs) So like a diamond, it has sharp edges with the facets. Okay. Palkia is rounded because of pearl, so. I mean, yeah, he kind of does look a little derpy. He does um, look really derpy. But, I mean, he does look pretty cool. He stands up and he's got these badass arms that's like, you I don't, know. Uh, maybe, and... t- I don't know. They're a little T-Rexy. Enter Cynthia from the Sinnoh Pokemon League, the Pokemon League champion mm-hmm. in these games. And she's got a Garchomp, who, by the way, sorry, does nothing. He just kind of looks like he's bored or tired. Like, maybe he... Well, he probably had to fight his entire way up. They're probably oh. fighting all of the Pokemon Galactic I... members. You're probably right. Although I would rather have seen that, just just a freaking. Well, to actually to mention that, um, we don't see a player character uh, in either of these at, episodes. In either of these episodes, so that was a a kind of a twist. I mean, I don't think they did in episode ten either, did they? With the no, Cheryl no, no, you, you, you didn't get that yeah. either with Cheryl. Nope. So I mean, they're following a uh, a set guideline here between the diamond and pearl and platinum episodes. So. Right. I love her design. Like, I, she's got like these weird, like black things Ooh, coming. No, uh, <laughs> no, definitely not. Cynthia. Yes. I love her outfit. Yeah. She's got these like little black things coming out of her hair. She kind of reminds me a little bit of Maytel from Galaxy Express Three Nine. Like, she just has that like sort of that sort of vibe, like oh, that yeah, sort I of refined look to her. So she shows up. And then, you know, that doesn't last very long, because, uh, Girantina, I don't know how to say it, Garantia. Giratina? Girantia. Uh, anyway, shows up. Garantula. Garantula shows up. And, uh, for some reason, and I guess it's because he's there to stop Cyrus? Well, Cyrus calls him the the Pokemon of Shadows. Yeah. So... 
at first you're kind of like, oh shit, what's going to happen? I mean, because mm-hmm. the whole entrance of, of Giratina is probably the best part of that episode. Yeah, where it he, is. He, uh, he or it is all, she, it is all shimmered in this in, like, shadowy black, black yeah. mud substance. Obviously shadow. Yeah. Um, and you see the eyes and it has these awesome wings span coming out and very scary um evil looking it's kind of cool it's kind of kind of reminds me of like you know you've got the master of time and space and it's like this is a pokemon of nothingness like it's like a black hole mm-hmm. it's it's like a void it's like you know it is we'll spoiler talk about in a few minutes you know take cyrus away to a place without the regular sort of rules that palkia and dialga have set uh, of space and time, like gravity and everything is just kind of distorted. Which makes sense too, because, you know, with us being stuck in the fourth dimension of time and space, you know, those we say have sustenance or matter attached to it. Mm-hmm. So having Giratina as the nothingness Pokemon, I guess, if you'd say, yeah. would make sense for this, tri- this trio to come into play. Absolutely. And uh, Cyrus is not phased. He's just kind of like, oh, it's you. Great. You're here to mess up my plans. And so he six Palkia and Dialga on Garantia, or Garantina, or whatever, Mungo. And <laughs> and uh, a fight breaks out. And I'm going to just call it right now, it's not a great fight. It's kind of no, boring. yeah. I mean, Dialga and Palkia get off some of their main blasts that they do. But, then they're, but, the... but then they're freed. It's like, yeah. like a few blasts are, are shot, and then... They're freed, and Cyrus is whisked away, teleported to another world. Um, and everyone I, is freaking the fuck out. I mean, that that whole scene where Giratina just kind of pours over Cyrus as this just gigantic mass of nothing hits him, and he he's just vanishes. And then, like, Jupiter and Mars are just kind of, like, staring, like, ah. <laughs> Yeah, but then Saturn is freaking out, like, yeah. Kind of, Calling over the the, the intercom, mic. the microphone, whatever, back at HQ, and he's freaking out. Uh, this leads us to Distortion World, which is, again, something very specific from the third game in the series. And uh, Cyrus wakes up in this really odd world, and can you describe this for me? Because it's just weird. I don't He He kind of um, chastises Giratina for whisking him away and ruining his plans again. But he calls it the place of nothingness. But it has stuff in it. Yeah. So, I mean, you see these crazy looking floaty islands with some weird looking, um, cacti. Yeah. And it's got these little kind of mountainous things and just streams kind of following river streams and then waterfalls hitting other and different directions. Yeah. I wouldn't call it a land of nothingness. I'd call it a land of like, uh, where where, distortion world would make sense. I call it lawless, you know, like the, the laws of, of nature that are set. Are, are not a part of this. I do like the whole, you can see like there's this little wavy purplish magenta type thing in the background behind all this, which mm-hmm. is really cool. And it really pulls in or pulls you out of that normal saying, oh, okay, I'm definitely in a different place. Right. Absolutely. This, he basically decides, yeah, you know what? I could, I could really stay here. I could, I could make yeah. this my new home. We get this kind of creepy sort of moment where he's just kind of, like, yeah, I'm happy, and Garantia Gir- is, is just, like, staring at him with his creepy eyes. Um, and, and at this point, 
you can see Jertina's actually in his physical form. He's no longer the the black shadowy mask that he was in in uh, the Sino world. Yeah. Um. So now you actually get to see the real legendary Pokemon. One thing that I wanted to say it's all it's kind of like Cirrus is Christopher Columbus. Okay. He sailed to find a way to India or the New World. Yeah. But ended up finding a, just a whole different world and said, oh, okay, this is what I wanted. Mm-hmm. Or I'm, I'm fine with this. So it kind of, it, it even, it has that message kind mm-hmm. of buried deep within it. Maybe not intentional, but unintentional. That's interesting. I, I never really saw it that way. The one thing I wanted to talk about with regards to this episode in general and what's going on is that, like, it really shows, you know, like, here's this guy that built this entire organization to destroy the world, and then he leaves, and it's just like, you know what, I'm, I'm cool here. And it's like, that entire Team Galactic, like, if I were a member of Team Galactic and I were, like, part of this cause and brainwashed into this, like, I'd be pretty pissed off. Like, oh, my leader's gone. And he's never coming back. Like, if they found out, like, you know, like when he says, don't come look for me over the intercom at the very end of the episode, you know, it's just like, wow. I don't know. I feel bad a little bit for these these uh, team members a little bit. Yeah, it's it's almost kind of like Giovanni when he kind of disappears. Yeah, and the members try to put things back together. Mm-hmm. It doesn't work very well, and the same things are going to happen in this next episode. Mm-hmm. We're going to talk yeah. about where someone tries to put the pieces of Team Galactic back together and does a really bad job of it. So, to be honest, I think Giratina is the hero of this episode. He technically stopped the Sino or the world from being destroyed and freed the two big forces to continue to let time and space exist. Which was really cool when they actually got released. They did this like double helix type thing and yeah, then disappeared. That which was, was really interesting. That was kind of cool, kind of a cool visual effect there too. I agree. Um, so my hats off to Giratina. There you go, hero Pokemon, hero of this episode. Uh, but also Shadow Pokemon. There you go. It's the hero Shadow, <laughs> anti-hero. Yeah. <laughs> That's episode eleven. The new world. Thoughts on this episode? It is a new world, and it's all in the eye of the perceiver so Mm -hmm. cirrus that he got what he wanted yep and to be honest it just goes with his personality i mean he's kind of just this bland guy and he gets the plane the place of nothingness bye girl bye yeah we'll see you uh yeah no it's of the this one and the next one i like this one better in some ways but i also like it not as much in some ways action wise this is a boring episode um story wise I think it's more interesting, though. I, I, it had a lot of content, and as you said, it was from Pokemon Platinum, so I'm sure a lot of people got up in arms about with that because I'm sure that was a really popular game. Um, I unfortunately didn't get to play that one. Yeah, I didn't play it either. So maybe that's why they chose it. Maybe they wanted people, if they didn't play it, to understand that story. Or that they have plans, like I thought, like some people thought was going to happen, that, you know... They were going to redo these games and do a remaster of these two like they did with Pokemon Omega, Ruby, and Alpha Sapphire. You know, I uh, actually, I'm, I'm kind of thinking maybe the reason they did it was so they could put all three um, legendary Pokemons in one episode. Yeah. Because that's basically what happens in this one. Absolutely. Yeah. And it seems like one of the things that Pokemon Generations does is really focus heavily on the... On the uh, 
legendaries. So, mm-hmm. all right, let's move on to episode twelve, the Magma Stone, Liquid Hot Magma. Uh, I don't like this episode. Uh, we start outside of Stark Mountain, uh, and as always with almost every episode of Pokemon Generations, everything looks peaceful on the outside. Of course. But then it's not. Because you need to destroy the peaceful world and then create a whole new peaceful world. A new world! <laughs> uh, inside the volcano that we get a shot of, this mountain, uh, it's erupting. And inside is Team Galactic once again, this time led by Charon. Karen. Karen. Not like Karen is like the Karen from Trigun that we talked about that... Goddamn bitch! Um, but, <laughs> well then, <laughs> we don't tell Ka- me how you know. <laughs> Ka- Karen's, Karen's kind of a bitch, but the, if you want to know more about that, go back and listen to our review of Trigun. And I can't remember the episode off the top of my head. It's after the fifth movie. I'm sure it has a lot of Karen as a bitch in it. Well, she's only in the very beginning, and she's kind of annoying. Uh, so <laughs> this is the new Team Galactic Reborn, yes. according to Karen. Karen, as in C H A R O N, or in the Japanese version, he his name kind of translates to Pluto, Pluto. But they decided to use Karen here, which is really weird considering um, Karen is the um, boat, the ferryman on the River Styx. Oh, so I mean, maybe I can go into that further. We'll see if we can draw some connections when we learn a little more about him. I guess. So apparently he was a minor member originally, uh, who does not play a very important role in the main story until we get to this scene in the volcano where after Cyrus disappears, he picks up the pieces of Team Galactic and uh, he's bringing forth Heatron. Because, you know, that's what all these teams do. They just come forth, random Pokemon, and destroy (laughs) the world. And then we get the exact same plot again, but with Heatron. And Heatron is a Pokemon that I don't care about. Like, I don't, I don't, I've never liked his design either. I've never really been that crazy about him. He's just like, I don't know, like some sort of like fire dinosaur thing. I don't know. I have no clue what they were even doing with that Pokemon. Even when I captured it in Pokemon Pearl, I was like, no, you're going in the box. Yeah. Yeah. We're not, Forever. we're not using you. No. Uh, so. Apparently, Heatron was brought about after removing the Magma Stone from its altar, uh, which isn't much of an altar. We'll get there. Um, <laughs> I love how, when he does this, the grunts who are standing with him just take off. They're like, fuck this. This Pokemon is scary. To kind of show that, unlike what we saw in the last episode, this guy has very little control of of his of his organization. Apparently, yes. Yeah. And he almost gets smashed by a giant rock that falls, which is actually yeah. kind of comical. And he's got like two assistants next to him that look exactly the same. That's true. They're just so grunts. Kind of, yeah. Oh, yeah. Just grunts. Yeah, they're just grunts. Oh, yeah. They, yeah, they grunts. don't. Yeah, they they're not of import at all. Andrew Buck. What can we say about Buck? He likes he's... to fuck. No, no. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he's kind of your quintessential. Dude guy. Yeah. Bro dude. Quite literally, he says the word dude in every sentence. Dude! Kind of reminds me of uh, a Prinny from Disgaea. They're always like, dude! Oh, yeah. Love, I, love, remember, I love me some Prinnies. We talked about this before. Yes. Uh, he's got a clay doll with him that is a Pokemon, which is a weird Pokemon. I've I've always meant to look up like what a clay doll actually represents. Do you know what that's supposed to be? It probably has something to do with, um... It's like some sort of gold... Maybe like cla- some... Yeah, like clay golems. Yeah, it's something to do with golems. Uh, lore. Yeah. Uh, I'm pretty sure. And I believe they're psychic. 
They're psychic ground type, I think, Something, is what they are. Yeah. I think is their combination, which is an interesting combination, honestly. Claydol doesn't do very much because he, you know, at least at first. Well, he doesn't have guts. It's true. Yeah. He basically gets slammed into a wall, and he's like, "Come on, man, show some guts." Well, I mean, he is up against Heatran, the legendary fire Pokemon that yeah. lives in a volcano and controlled by a magma stone. <laughs> it's true. Buck is one of the five trainers that actually you can travel with. Just like Cheryl from episode 10, uh, we have a similar sort of thing here. We have another one of those characters that travel. His specialization, as we talked about, Cheryl's specialization was in high HP Pokemon. His is in defense and special defense. So here we have uh, a clay doll who is known for its uh, defense and special defense. He is annoying. And apparently Karen knows Buck. He's a got you. So, <laughs> at least Karen and I agree on one thing, that Buck is very annoying. I mean, he does have some pretty cool clothes, and he's got, like, that yellow blonde streak through his red hair. It's so he's unique. trying to be trendy. It's a unique look, I suppose. But then all of a sudden, here comes a crow gunk, and it beats the piss out of Heatron, and then your favorite part. <laughs> <laughs> I love that it just, like, sucker punches the uh, Team Galactic grunts, and then they're, oh, they're just down for the count. Yeah, you never see the grunts. I mean, you do see the grunts at the very end. But, like, yeah, this Pokemon beats the shit out of people. I want that Crow Grunk. Crow Gunk. Yeah. Crow Gunk is actually being added to Pokemon Tournament. So it's one of the five new Pokemon that are being That's added cool. to it. So if you like Crow Gunk here... You might like Crow Gunk in Pokémon Tournament as well. Well, after Crow Gunk does his uh, chop chop on the grunts, mm-hmm. um, we see the investigator, International Police Looker, Detective Looker, come yes. back. Which, in doing our preparation for this, I learned two things. Number one, Looker first appears in Pokémon Platinum. I always thought that he first appeared in X and Y. Apparently, he's in Platinum. He's also in Black and White. Which I don't remember him in black and white either, but um, he was in there as well. So this this is a recurring character throughout most of the games. And, as we talked about at the beginning, an interesting character to kind of connect to all these different episodes in a lot of ways. For the simple fact that he does appear in so many games. Yeah, I don't think I found him in Pokemon Black um, when I played either. So I must not have gotten to the right yeah. area or something. Uh, also, the second thing I learned is that in Japan, his name translates to Handsome. So I when I when I heard Looker, I always assumed that it was like I'm a cop, so I'm searching for things. But apparently, apparently in Japan, it also has to do with like his good looks. So he's basically there a just looker. to look just to look handsome and not actually do anything. Except he's doing lots of stuff here. Yeah. So yeah, he shows up once again, and the crow gunk is apparently his. Karen gives his usual speech about blah 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 destruction, and uh, Looker. Creeps up to him, gets right up in his ear and whispers in his ear. And my favorite part of the whole episode, gives him a fucking judo chop to the neck. (laughs) What the fuck? Yeah, that was pretty cool. Uh, I I know Karen is talking about just burning down the Sino region region and creating a whole new region. So maybe he's not going quite for world destruction creation. And I I think Looker realizes that this guy's a chump because he's just like... Yeah, no. Chop! <laughs> <laughs> oh, I know what Heatran is. He or it is like the bastard child of Groudon. Oh, there you go. Maybe <laughs> maybe there is some connection between the two. I, I, could, I could definitely see that. 
Like, like the uncool version of Groudon. Yeah. Yeah, maybe it's like the pre-primal version. Yes. Uh, so we go with, with, back to Heatron. Um, I love how Krogunk is just lobbing mud bombs at him. That's pretty cool. Pretty powerful ones, too. Yeah, I mean, if you know Krogunk is a, is a water fighting type, which is an interesting combination overall. Buck notices the stone that is no longer on the altar, and he uses his amazing clay doll, as he says, to levitate rocks, which makes me think of Ludo. Oh, from uh, Labyrinth. Call the rocks! <laughs> Ooh, clay doll. <laughs> Love, Buck. Um, and uh, Buck does, like, Buck is hyperactive and just, like, does some crazy, like, karate jumps on each of the rocks grabs the stone replaced, and Heatron just kind of fades away, and that's that. I think they were trying to go for the whole, like, unexpected thing, because they cut away as he's jumping from one of the last, second-to-last rocks, Mm -hmm. and, like, me as the viewer thought, oh, he's gonna try to, like, slam dunk on top of Heatran or or do something, but no, he just kind of does this flip and then bounces, side bounces off of another floaty rock Mm -hmm. to, um get to where the magma stone is. And I I was just kind of like, that really just, it it must have been something from the event when you try to capture Heatran or something. I don't know. It was just kind of weird to me. It was weird. Uh, I love how he says, I'm an amazing dude, dude. Dude. Yeah, that should just summarize this character. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Buck introduces himself. He's going to be a best trainer ever, blah, blah, blah. Uh, Looker says he's trying to round up the rest of Team Galactic. Uh, they leave the cave, the the mountain. Looker says that uh, he wouldn't lose to a young man. And Buck challenges him, and then we just abruptly end. That's it. Yeah, it was really kind of weird. But I guess maybe he that's all he ever does is just challenge people. I guess. So I guess that fits in with his profile. Yeah. But um, what's really what I thought funny was like after he got out of the volcano, and there like when you cut away from that volcano scene, the next scene is him like bathing his face in a river, <laughs> and I'm just like. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that that was it. That was episode 12 of Pokemon Generations, the Magma Stone. What, what are your thoughts overall on this one? Um, since I went first last time, what's yours? I don't like it. I think it's, I mean, action-wise it's better. I like the Krogunk and the Claydol being used here. Two Pokemon that I typically don't think of all that much. So, again, it's really nice when this series uses Pokemon that typically either are A, kind of like hidden fan favorites, or B, are ones that we don't normally think of. So I like that. You know, you had the Chansey in, in episode 10, which even though Chansey is one of the first 150, I don't know. I don't think I don't think it's probably one that a lot of people end up using. Fireworks. Fireworks. So I, I don't know. Aside from that, I mean, I don't like Heatran. I mean, I like the fact Looker was there, but Buck is a douche. And yeah, I'm I yeah not a big fan of this one. Yeah, I'm I'm just really surprised that they picked this. It seems like a weird. Yeah, so I don't know if must maybe it was a fan favorite or something. Uh, probably but... to, to to draw Looker back in. I mean, Looker is the thread oh, between yeah, everything. That's right, we so... did say that at, in the kind of the first first episode few episodes. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, I to be honest, I didn't like it either. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I felt like they did such a good job with the Omega Ruby, Alpha Sapphire, Ruby, Sapphire, whichever you, you pick, episodes. And don't get me wrong, I did like the old Chateau because I loved how creepy it was. Absolutely. It really fit that motif and 
and really pulled that area from Diamond and Pearl. But I just feel like these episodes 11 and 12 just kind of got chunked together. Yeah. And it was just kind of more filler for me. Yeah. Well, don't worry, because when we review the next set of episodes, 13 and 14, we move on to the world of Black and White and Black and White 2. So one of the things that I, you know, when I think of Black and White, uh, the Pokemon games, I think of... Number one, how difficult those games were. But I also think about how interesting the story was. I thought it was was interesting, especially the team. The team, as we'll get into when we talk about these episodes, are extremely unique. So we'll be back with episode 13 of The Uprising and episode 14, The Frozen World. And I just have to input, I loved the teams in black and white. Me too. Like, I, I just felt like that's probably, aside from Team Rocket, probably the most modern... Ones that make the most sense. Team. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It makes the most sense. It's it's a little better writing and more mm-hmm. realistic than these last couple where she's like, destroy the world! Yeah, we get it. I'm looking forward to see what they decide to choose for these. So yeah, that is it for Pokemon Generations. Again, if you want to check these out, head over to YouTube and search for Pokemon Generations. You can watch all 18 episodes there up. Uh, if you want to check out our former episodes... Go check those out on the feed. Uh, you can find us at tuningjapanese.com. You can find us on all those different places that you would listen to your podcasts, you know, like Stitcher or iTunes or wherever. You can also find us on the Questionable Endeavor Network, questendnetwork.com. We've undergone a little bit of a facelift. Everything's looking a little nicer, a little more modern on the website. Uh, so go check that out and join our Discord at questendnetwork.com slash Discord. We'd love to have you there. Oh, Patreon. Don't forget our Patreon, too, at patreon.com slash tuningjapanese. And that's all I've got. Uh, anything else about these episodes or anything in general you want to talk about? Nope, nothing. All right. Well, we'll see you next time for episodes 13 and 14 of Pokemon Generations. We only got three more episodes of us reviewing six episodes. So we will be back next time, probably on the main feed, with our next review of Trigun. So check that out. We're almost done with that. And once again, this is Tuning Japanese, a podcast where two super powerful, world-shaking Pokemon in their 30s talk about anime. I am the master of time. I'm Red. I'm Andy. And I'm the Pokemon of space and dimension. And I'm Blue. And he's Ray. And And I'm Ray. And we will see you next time. On Dragon Ball Z. Thanks for listening to Tuning Japanese. For more information, visit our website, tuningjapanese.com, like our Facebook at facebook.com slash tuningjapanese, and follow our Twitter at tuningjapanese. You can also get a hold of the show by sending us an email at tuningjapanese at gmail.com. Please help support the show by going to iTunes and leaving a five-star rating and review. You can also go to patreon.com slash tuningjapanese to get all kinds of bonus content and help support the show monetarily. Tuning Japanese is part of the Questionable Endeavor Network. For more information on other podcasts and articles, check out questnnetwork.com. While you're there, listen to more great podcasts like the Shadowbane Podcast, the Rundown Wrestling Podcast, Raw Attitude Podcast, Geek and Gamer Guild, Slasher Sanitarium, Pwn Stars, New Blood Rising, and our newest show, Words of Geekdom.
That was well done, young man. Sure. I'm an amazing dude, dude. 